Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Tuesday, August the 3rd. At 7.02 a.m. right here on 1490 a.m., 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson, Tucson's only local sports talk show uh, in the mornings. And we have a tremendous show planned for you guys today, as we always do. Uh, We've got uh, plenty of discussion today regarding NBA free agency as the free agency season began with a flurry of deals. They started coming across, I mean, I... I think the the Chicago Bulls signing of Lonzo Ball, I think it came across the wire like uh, 10 seconds after the free agency started yesterday. Can't tell me there wasn't any tampering going on there, or tampering, whatever, but, you know, air quotes. But, uh, yeah, plenty of stuff to uh, to discuss today, especially with the Phoenix Suns, as the Suns signed some, uh, signed some players. They lost, uh, they lost a player off of the current roster. And we'll tell you about a new player that is going to be joining the Phoenix Suns for this season. Uh, Also, we have an Olympics update as a lot of stuff happened overnight in Tokyo um, in women's gymnastics, men's basketball. The quarterfinals were overnight. Um, I was able to watch some of it, but, you know, hashtag 4 a.m. alarm clock. It's uh, not exactly conducive to be watching basketball at 1030 at night uh, the night before, so... Um, unfortunately, wasn't able to watch all of it, but was able to uh, watch some, uh, watch some of the other teams play, some of the other countries. Very impressed by Australia; they're very good, and they're going to be a problem as uh, the U.S. is set to play them in the semifinal round coming up on Thursday. So we'll talk about that. We also have, we'll talk about what many people are dubbing the greatest foot race ever. That occurred in Tokyo overnight. Um, we'll discuss some of that as well. We'll update uh, some interesting news about that as there were essentially the top three runners in a race all finished under the Olympic record, which is amazing. Um, especially in this day and age where I felt like I felt like the men's sprinters seemed a little bit, I don't know. I mean, the, 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 the gold medal sprinter in the 100, the guy who won the gold medal, uh, the uh, for Italy, which is you know a, a a a country that doesn't normally produce a ton of sprinters. Now, this you know this this person uh, he was obviously born in Texas and then moved to Italy. His mother was Italian, uh, moved to Italy and grew up there, but he's born here in the U.S. But nonetheless, I I, I felt like you know after years of watching the likes of Usain Bolt and you know, Michael Johnson and a lot of the other athletes and sprinters that were out there that this year's sprinters looked a little doughy to me or not even doughy. Like some of them, like, like the gold medal sprinter, like he had no definition in his legs. Like it just, it was weird. And like all the other sprinters are really small or lanky, skinny guys. Like you say bolt six, four, 210 pounds, like a freight train. And granted he is the greatest sprinter ever on the history of, of planet Earth, I don't think anybody will ever come close to him. That guy was a freak. I bet he could still go out. The, I if, if Usain Bolt hadn't retired, I bet he would have still given the the sprinters 
uh, a couple of days ago a run for their money in that in that 100 meter final because uh, his record is like 9.26 and the gold medal was like 9.89 this year. That's over half a second off. That's an eternity. That's like a mile in a 100 meter dash. I don't know. Just my just my little observation. Felt like the the men's 100 meter was vastly underwhelming, and the athletes didn't look the part that we've seen over the years. And maybe it's part of the doping crackdown. I don't know. Um, I don't want to you know presume anything, but they certainly look different to me. I don't know if they look different to everybody else. It just seemed a little underwhelming on the uh, you know the physique aspect, I guess. So I don't know. I digress. We also have a, a guest today joining us in the 8 o'clock hour, Matt Moreno, senior editor of GoAZCats.com, will be joining us to talk some Arizona recruiting. You know, he is the, the guru when it comes to Arizona recruiting. Nobody is better than, uh, than Matt at uh, getting the information out there and breaking it down. He's The guy works tireless hours. Uh, he's always on the road, especially for <coughs> like basketball camps and things like that. He's always... Uh, attending those. So he gets to go to these things in person. He does a really good job, and uh, we're going to bring him on <clears throat> today to talk about both football and basketball recruiting. And we did discuss it yesterday, obviously, but Matt, better than I, uh, at breaking down the recruits and, and talking about some of the nuances and things to, uh, you know, little things to find out. Because we, we did find out, actually, and we will talk about this because I mentioned him his name yesterday, a young man by the name of Kylan Boswell, who's one of the top point guard targets of the 2023 class across the country. He's a five-star uh, point guard. He recently made a visit to Arizona. Of course, he was in Tucson over the weekend, did an unofficial visit, and then yesterday transferred from his school in California to Chandler, Arizona, to play at AZ Compass uh, Prep. So we'll talk about that. Maybe an interesting move to kind of get a little bit closer to the Arizona Wildcats program and the Pac-12 and, and such. So we'll, we'll discuss that as well. But we begin with NBA free agency as basically it was like a – speaking of sprinting, it was like the on your marks, get set, and the gun sounded, and off they went. And the first signing was Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball, who agreed to a four-year, $85 million contract with the Chicago Bulls. Um. Interesting pickup. I thought it was a good pickup for the Bulls. The Bulls are one of those teams that are obviously not very good the past few years, but they've got some talent. And now they've got, you know, they've got Lowry Markkinen, of course, who's uh, still going to be remaining with the team. Um, and I would like to see Lowry's production pick up a little bit. And I, we saw it as as Arizona fans here in Tucson in the one year that he was that he was with the Wildcats. You know, as good as he was, he always tried to defer to his teammates and. I don't know if if it's a situation where he lacks some confidence in his jump shot because he certainly looks the part. I mean, when he when he takes his shot, he looks confident in, in his shot. He just doesn't take all the open shots that he gets. And I know that's been uh, an issue with Bulls fans and Bulls management and coaches is that they, you know they want him to shoot more. He's a great shooter. Uh, they want him to shoot more. So maybe getting a guy like Lonzo Ball who creates offense for everybody. Uh, would be it will be a good addition for um, for Lowry Markkinen, but obviously alongside Zach Levine, who's turned into a an NBA star, uh, really really has has done well for himself, and is performing well for uh, for Team USA as well. So a good pickup in my opinion for the Chicago Bulls. Four years, eighty five million, um, twenty one was a twenty one and a half, twenty one and a quarter million a year. 
pretty good. I think pretty good number. I know a lot of people have have kind of ridden Lonzo Ball. They, you know, they, the, the broken jump shot and stuff. Look, I'll tell you, there are nights where yes, he is flat off. Tell me a guard outside of Steph Curry who doesn't have an off night. And even Steph has off nights. I've seen Steph go one for ten uh, from beyond the arc before. It doesn't happen very often. <laughs> it doesn't happen twice in one week, I can tell you that much. And Lonzo Ball has had some moments where he's struggled for, you know, four or five game periods and things like that. And his jump shot isn't the best. I mean, I remember when, you know, we, when we watched him at UCLA, and, I, you know, I got to see Lonzo up close and personal twice, um, you know, as far as broadcasting the game on the road and then hosting the Bruins at McHale. Uh, and his jump shot is fine. I mean, it, you know, he makes the shots. It doesn't look great, but he makes the shot. It's the way he's been doing it. But the one thing about Lonzo Ball is, you know, he's he is a he's a very good athlete. Number one, he's got great basketball IQ, and he has really improved as a defender uh, in the NBA, which is going to make him a, a a real great asset for the Chicago Bulls. So I think that's a good pickup for them. And again, that took like ten seconds. I'm, I'm not kidding. Like, it was like, okay, you know, I, I had set my you know my phone. I was like, okay, free agency's going to start. Let's make sure we're paying attention here. And then the first, I'm, I'm not even, it was 10 seconds. <laughs> like, Lonzo Ball agrees to deal with the Chicago Bulls. Like, wait a second, what? Is it, did I, am I an hour late getting my phone up? Or what's, what's going on here? But, yeah, so uh, good pickup for them. The Los Angeles Lakers, I, <clears throat> again, <laughs> yes, I am probably a Laker hater. I shouldn't say probably. I am an admitted Laker hater. I, I do not – I cannot stand that, that franchise. I really don't like many franchises in the st- city of Los Angeles. It's just kind of like an anti-L.A. thing for me. I've always been that way. I mean, always. And it's, there's no chip on my shoulder. I just kind of grew up a Giants fan and hated the Dodgers from day one, and then just kind of everything else just kind of flowed with it. The Lakers, first of all, I think they're going to set a record for the oldest team in the history of the NBA. I, I, this is – the people that they're signing, and we knew this was going to be a problem. We talked about it, uh, you, you know, once the trade was made with Russell Westbrook, and I mentioned that 90, 94% of their of their salary cap was taken up with those three players. There was no chance of them re-signing Alex Caruso. That's why they didn't even bother offering him a deal. Alex Caruso, by the way, also signed a four-year deal with the Chicago Bulls, so that's going to give them a, uh, a real dynamic defensive backcourt in Chicago alongside Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine. Um, but the Lakers didn't even offer him a contract. They, you know, just like, nope, sorry, we're not, we're not gonna, we're not gonna counter the offer. So Caruso's like, okay, bye. And then the Lakers go out and they sign Trevor Ariza and Dwight Howard. And I know that I was touting Dwight Howard for the Suns. I felt like he'd be a good fit for the Suns. Uh, and and we'll talk about who the Suns did sign that I, I think is equally as good. Uh, a pickup, and really not a whole big difference between the two. They're you know they're six one half does the other in my opinion. Um, but you know they they signed Dwight Howard, Trevor. I mean, they're going out and they're getting players that are thirty five, thirty six, thirty seven years old, and they've already got stars that are you know over the. They have one player right now under contract under the age of thirty. That's Anthony Davis, and maybe the. Weirdest thing was is about all that is he's the most injury prone of all of them. Now the Lakers still have to sign, I, I believe it's six players at this point. Six. They can only sign 
this is what they have left right now is the mid-level exception, and it's it's like the the lower end of the mid-level exception, and then they can sign five veterans minimums. Good luck. That's all I'm saying. Good luck. Good luck with your big three. Okay, two ball dominant guards who basically play the same game. One of them cannot shoot to save his life and is constantly trying to uh, to fill the stat sheet with triple-doubles. The other is arguably the greatest player of all time. And then you have Anthony Davis, who will he, you know, will he play tonight, will he not? How effective will he be? What kind of a matchup game is he going to play? So you have those three, and then a bunch of one-year contract guys. And the latest thing that I heard is that they're trying to go after and sign Carmelo Anthony to a one-year deal. Now, Look, far be it for me to trash a guy like Carmelo Anthony. He's a Hall of Famer. There's no doubt he's one of the great shooters and scorers that we've seen in the last 30, 40 years in the NBA. And, yes, he and LeBron are familiar with one another. But, again, you're going to bring in a 38-year-old shooter on a one-year veteran's minimum to try to win a championship. Like, they're literally putting all their onus on this year trying to win a championship. I don't see it. I I know that – a lot of people are like, ooh, the Lakers are going to be dangerous. I think they're going to be dangerous to themselves. Broken hips and, you know, early dinners and, you know, these are the things that they're going to have to deal with in Los Angeles now. I, I mean, are they looking to sign Kiki Vandaway? Or I mean, like, come on. Like, seriously, who else are they going to go out there and get that's over the age of 36 years old? I don't get it. So good luck to uh, to Laker fans watching that train wreck this year. I don't see it. I don't see it working. Again, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to I'm going to give these opinions. I'm going to put them out. I'm going to get out and walk out on that limb. You know, needs to be a pretty sturdy limb for my girthiness. But uh, I'll always walk out on that limb. And if I'm wrong, and if the Lakers get the one seed in the West and they get all the way to the Western Conference Finals, I'll have to eat crow. But uh, I don't see it. I've been doing this long enough. I don't see it. So the Phoenix Suns, let's talk about the uh, the local team finally, <laughs> the Phoenix Suns. Now, they did lose Torrey Craig. Okay, That's the one loss that they had in free agency. It took him about five minutes to sign a deal with the Indiana Pacers. Sad to see Torrey Craig go. He's a hard-working guy. I love the amount of energy that he gave to the Suns on the floor. Uh, really high-motor guy. I liked when they played him at the four, when they went small ball, played him at the four, he was able to rebound with some bigs, get some steals, able to run the floor. I, I, li- I like Torrey Craig, and I think he'll be missed. But he signed a two-year, $10 million deal with the Pacers. And the Suns were able to re-sign Chris Paul, point guard, okay, with many people wondering if they, he was going to be able to re-sign with the Suns. We talked about it yesterday. My prediction was three years, $132 million. They signed him to four years, $120 million. They were the only team in the league that could offer him that fourth year, and they gave it to him. I don't think there was any competition for that fourth year, so I don't know if it was necessary to give him that fourth year, except for the fact that they can spread out that $120 million. Now, I was surprised by the, by the number because I thought that he was going to make north of $125 million total for the contract. Well, it turns out, he actually is going to be paid less than any other team could have offered him. If, you know, let's say New Orleans had come to him and offered him, they could have offered him three years, 122. The Suns get him for four years, 120. Now, I'm not ecstatic about that fourth year. He's going to be 40 by the time that fourth year ends. 
and we're not even sure he's going to play that year. And it could end up being a zero-year contract where they are paying a retired player, which is also fine. I mean, and the Suns had that opportunity. We talked about yesterday with the Birds' rights and the over-38 rule and how the Suns were allowed to sign him to a four-year deal, even though that could result in a zero, uh, a zero-year contract. It, it, it's fine under the NBA CBA, and they can they can absolutely do that. So <clears throat> he's on the books for thirty million a year, which honestly I think is is a good deal for the Suns. I'm not going to give it like the double thumbs up A plus rating that we all kind of wanted, but look, the Suns went out and they they went out on a limb and signed Chris Paul to the you know went out and traded for him to bring him into Phoenix to see if it would work. It worked. He got along famously with Monty Williams, which he knew they were going to do. Uh, he's had Chris Paul has had issues with front office personnel in the past and basically at every stop that he's had he's had issues with front office personnel and look he's the president of the players association that's going to happen okay he's got to stick up for his players obviously front office personnel gms and the like are sticking up for their players and for the league or either for their teams and for the league and there's often clashes between those two entities so it's it you know bears to reason why that would happen however chris paul and james jones have gotten along famously and, uh, you know, Suns General Manager James Jones has done a nice job massaging the situation and doing the right things by his players, and therefore they're able to re-sign Chris Paul for $120 million total, $30 million a year, which I think is a favorable deal for both parties. Chris Paul is going to get paid for another four years, and the Suns get him at $30 million a year, which is less than the $42 million that I expected them to sign him at, 42 a year, which is kind of what I was predicting. Another great deal for the Suns, Yesterday, now we, we discussed how it was important for them to make sure they get a good quality backup point guard. Uh, you know, with Chris Paul aging, the he's having surgery on his left wrist. We know about the right hand, the ligament damage in his right hand. How much will that affect him uh, moving forward? The Suns were able to re-sign Cameron Payne, the backup point guard from this season. Signed him to a sweet deal, three years, $19 million. So getting Cam for just over $6 million a year, a really nice get for James Jones. And, look, Cameron Payne, before James Jones threw him a bag of $2 million uh, last year, was making 10-day contract money in the NBA for his entire career up until that point. I like Cameron Payne showing the gratitude and loyalty to James Jones by giving him this We'll call it a hometown discount, but we know it's not a hometown discount. He's not from here. But James Jones gave him his first million. Cameron Payne says, yes, I'm going to sign for less than market value to stay here, learn under Chris Paul, and eventually take over the reins as the starting point guard for the Phoenix Suns at some point down the road. And maybe he becomes that in 2024. Who knows? But it's a, it's a, it's a brilliant deal, in my opinion, for James Jones and the Suns uh, to sign Cameron Payne to a three-year $19 million deal when he – could have gotten probably $9 million a year somewhere else. So the Suns get a nice discount with Cameron Payne. Now the Suns did add one player to their roster that we did not have on the roster last season. Who was it? It was a backup to DeAndre Ayton at the center position. We'll talk about that next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. Now the, the NFL Cover 2, if you're not uh, familiar with it, be sure to join every weekday here on ESPN Tucson for NFL Cover 2, which is brought to you by Barrio, Barrio Brewing Company. 
I love Barrio Brewing Company. Go there after football games all the time. Phenomenal food, great beer. Barrio Brewing Company, Arizona's oldest brewery, celebrating 30 years of brewing for Arizona, and that's the NFL cover, too, every weekday here on ESPN Tucson. When we return, who is going to be the backup for DeAndre Ayton? We'll talk about that next. You're listening here to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. So the Suns have themselves a brand new backup center. Well, brand new for the Phoenix Suns. JaVale McGee, come on down. As JaVale McGee has agreed to a one-year, $5 million deal with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, JaVale McGee coming off a season that he was with the uh, the Denver Nuggets that we saw in the uh, in the postseason, of course. We saw them real quickly. It was more like a blur. Uh, but JaVale McGee does come to the Phoenix Suns to be the, the new backup center to DeAndre Ayton. So what do they get in JaVale McGee? Now, I had said Dwight Howard, okay? And the only reason I'd said Dwight Howard is because I like his size and athleticism and his rebounding ability, and he fouls at a ridiculous amount, and we're not going to get much from him offensively, but that's not what Phoenix needs. And and Dwight can still, you know, rim run and do the uh, uh, do the, the pick-and-roll game. He, he's still very good at that. JaVale McGee is similar in certain areas, not as good a rebounder, a better shot blocker, and a better, I think, uh, he's younger than Dwight Howard is. Uh, that's first of all. He's 33, Dwight Howard 36. Uh, but he's a true seven-footer. He's still a great athlete with good leaping ability. He's long, gives him great shot blocking uh, ability. He's a better than average shot blocker, which is which is good for the Phoenix Suns, and it's it's good to have somebody still protecting the rim when uh, when DeAndre goes to the bench. Now he's he's been awkward on offense his entire career. Like you, like you watch. We've all watched Javale McGee play. Like, uh, what is he doing? Like, kind of like these jump like throw the ball at the rim type of hook type of thing. He's not the smoothest offensive player in the world, but he can play the pick and roll game, which is good. Um, he does get, in my opinion, he gets some demerits for basketball IQ. He's learned enough in his time in the NBA where he you know, can hold his own. There are times where he's still kind of like lost and wandering out there. I think a lot of it has been because of the amount of changes that he's been through throughout his career and also the fact that, He's never really been a starter everywhere that he's anywhere that he's been. I mean, he he started fewer than half of the games that he's played in the NBA, and he averaged for his career seventeen minutes a game. So he's never been the starter guy. He's never been the the you know the big minutes guy. So it's understandable. Okay, we'll, you know we'll give him we'll give him a pass on that. But I think he fits in well with the Suns' scheme, and I think you know for the fifteen you know fourteen fifteen sixteen minutes a game that he's going to get with the Suns, I, I think they could have. They could have done a hell of a lot worse than JaVale McGee, and I, I'm I'm happy with it. Now, we all, we're all familiar with his free throw shooting. It's one of the worst ever, a 59% free throw shooter for his career. Although, the last couple of seasons, it's gotten better, which maybe he's just not thinking as much as he's gotten, you know, up into his elder years NBA-wise, uh, not thinking as much of the free throw line, which is always important. Um, career stats for JaVale McGee, he's 7.8 points per game on 57% field goal shooting. Great. Uh, 5.2 rebounds per game. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but remember, he only averages 17 minutes a game for his career. So when you extrapolate that out 
into if he were to play like his his per thirty six minutes, um, he is I think he's like eleven and a half or eleven point eight rebounds per game, which is good. I mean, we'll, you know, absolutely take that. So Suns bring in Javale McGee to be the backup center. And uh, I'm happy with it. You know, I think Dwight Howard wanted to sign with the Lakers for his third time. Uh, I think that was important for him, and I don't think anybody was was really going to be offering him a deal that he would have taken anywhere else uh, other than a Lakers deal. So uh, good for the Suns. Get JaVale McGee and uh, give yourself a good solid seven-footer, a true seven-footer shot blocker and can still run the rim a little bit in the uh, the P&R game. So, uh, again, I mentioned they lost Torrey Craig to the Pacers. Two years, $10 million he signs with Indiana. Who's going to replace Torrey Craig? Okay, well, I, I mean, obviously I'd love to have Andre Iguodala plays essentially the same position. He can play the small four um, and gives you just incredible, really, you know, uncoachable type of experience coming here. I mean, I, I think I think Andre Iguodala, will, he, he will be a coach in this league at some point. I mean, hell, he was coaching the, the Golden State Warriors uh, when Steve Kerr would basically just pass him the clipboard and when they were blowing teams out. I remember – I can't remember who it was. Was it Doc Rivers? They were blowing out Philadelphia one night, and Doc Rivers got all upset that that Steve Kerr handed the clipboard to Andre and and let Iggy run the run the uh, the huddle like with like five and a half minutes to go in the game. I think that was who it was. I don't remember. It was several years ago, but yeah, I mean, you know, Andre Iguodala obviously coming to the Phoenix Suns would be a lot of fun. Uh, he's a great guy. Many people know him from his times as as a Wildcat, of course. A lot of great memories. And aside from that, gives them size, defensive toughness, basketball IQ, coach, just things that you can't coach, obviously, uh, is what he would bring. Although he probably would cost too much money at this point in time for the Phoenix Suns because, remember, Suns still have to re-up. They're going to have to extend DeAndre Ayton and Mikel Bridges, which they are intending on doing, I think, very, very soon. DeAndre is going to get a big deal. He's going to get a bag. And Mikel Bridges also probably going to make somewhere in the realm of 16 to 18 million a year probably as a he's a solid 3 and D two-way starter. I mean he he really is and there are a lot of NBA teams that are starved for that type of that type of a player. Length, defensive tenacity, real good perimeter defender and an above average three-point shooter. And you know pretty good rebounder too. Now Iggy Probably too expensive for the Phoenix Suns. Understandable. So who might they be looking at? I'm just going to throw a couple names out there of guys that are on the free agency list that I think may be able to fit both size, skill set, and as far as like how much money they're going to to claim. Uh, again, I don't exactly know how much money these guys are supposed to make, but they're kind of in that realm of where the Suns can afford a an, an, uh, mid-level exception for them. Guys like Rodney Hood currently in uh, in Toronto, or George Niang. Uh, of course, you know, the, the you know, he's a good shooter. Both these, both Rodney Hood and George Niang, good three-point shooters. They're about, you know, 6'7", six, 6'6", six, six, but they're a good, solid size, 6'7". Uh, they can play defense and, you know, guys that have, that have been in the league long enough to know what they're doing. So uh, just a couple of names out there of guys who they may be able to replace Torrey Craig with. And, uh, and then the Suns still have a little more work to do to round out the rest of the uh, of, of the roster. But, look, all in all, it's going to look great. I think the Phoenix Suns should be an early favorite to win the West, uh, at least one of the top three teams to win the West. I know the Utah Jazz re-signed uh, point guard Mike Conley, so that was good for them. 
but they need to kind of find out what they're getting with Mike Conley. He was injured for the entire postseason last year, and then when he was cleared to play, still didn't play. So not sure what's going on there, but lots of things going on in the world of the of the NBA. Also, a couple other things of note. T.J. McConnell, our boy, we talked about him, uh, you know, possibly being a target for the Phoenix Suns. He does re-sign a deal with the Indiana Pacers, and he gets paid four years, $35.2 million. Very happy for him, and uh, he is he deserves it. He has earned it. One of the hardest-working guys ever. Uh, also, former Wildcat Solomon Hill agrees to a one-year deal with the Hawks. They're going to bring him back um, to play his, his defense is invaluable to them. They they absolutely have to have his defensive toughness and uh, a well-deserved uh, another uh, another go-around for him as they also signed Trey Young to the uh, to the max deal as well. So that's a look at some NBA free agency that occurred yesterday. Still some more going on right now. We'll keep you updated if anything comes about, uh, any type of uh, big news. There are still some big names out there that are uh, that are still available, deciding on where they're going to play their ball next year and the years to come. More after this, you're listening to The Jeff Dean Show here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Back to The Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. With school just around the corner, we want to help you and the student in your life get the supplies they need to succeed right here at ESPN Tucson. We're giving you the chance to win a $1,500 back-to-school shopping spree. You can register online at ESPNTucson.com. You can register once per day through August 9th. Register today, tomorrow, the next day, all the way through for the next six days and give yourself some opportunities to win that shopping spree. Also coming up at some point during the show before we get out of here, we have another pair of tickets to go see FC Tucson take on North Texas SC in a soccer match this Saturday at Kino North. The game is at 7 p.m. We've had uh, winners last week, the week before, and we had a winner yesterday. So looking forward to that. Be listening for your cue to call. Could happen at any point in time. One more thing on the NBA free agency with the Phoenix Suns, and then we'll move on because I do want to talk about some Olympics as there's men's basketball in action last night, big-time uh, performances all across the, uh, the board in Tokyo. Let's not forget this, that Dario Saric, okay, blowing out his ACL in the playoffs, won't be available this season for the Phoenix Suns. Obviously a huge blow for them and one of the reasons why they had to go out and get a JaVale McGee. Now the NBA could award the Phoenix Suns like an injury waiver, an injury ex- exemption, if you will, which would give the Suns even more money to go out and spend. So they could have the mid-level exception, which they still have to spend because they didn't spend that on Cameron Payne. And the mid-level exception is... I think it's right around like nine and a half or ten million right now. Um, so you can have essentially you get the five million dollars back because they signed JaVale McGee to the one year five because Dario Saric isn't going to play this year. They can lobby the NBA, say this is why we did this. The NBA can say, Okay, cool. Here's another five million dollars, plus the Suns still have their mid level exception. So it's not over for the Phoenix Suns, and as I mentioned, there are lots of players out there still available. So stay tuned. Because things could get interesting. Maybe, just maybe, that mid-level exception can't could go to a guy like an Andre Iguodala. I would love to see Iggy in a in a Suns uniform in his probably what will be his final season in an NBA uniform. So that would be uh, that would be absolutely awesome. So in Olympic play yesterday, last night, whatever overnight, if you will, 
uh, a lot of uh, a lot of things happened. The 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 Team USA played Spain, and it's basically now it's just become like almost like a punchline. If Team USA plays Spain in the in the uh, in the Olympics, it's not going to be a good day for Spain. It just it hasn't been. Ricky Rubio and the Gasol brothers have to be absolutely sick of playing the U.S. in the Olympics because this now makes the fifth Olympics in a row that Spain has been knocked out of the tournament by the U.S. men's basketball team. 2004, they were knocked out in the quarterfinals. 2008, gold medal game. 2012, gold medal game. The 2016 semifinals and the 2020 now quarterfinals. They have been knocked out by the U.S. team. As the U.S. wins comfortably, I, I you know I would say 95 to 81. Things were a little tenuous early as Team USA fell behind uh, by I think I think Spain was up at by 10 at one point, and it looked a little dicey. The uh, the, the the U.S. team wasn't shooting well. Uh, Devin Booker had a bad night shooting, but we'll talk about his game in just a moment because he ended up being huge for Team USA yesterday. Um, and, and, you know, look, they weren't shooting well in the first half. I think they were shooting like 18% from beyond the arc, which is obviously not good. And they fell behind early. But then they made a comeback right at the end of the first half to tie the game. It was tied 43-43 at the half. And then they came out in the third quarter and just blew Spain's doors off. Like, it, it, was, like it was over. They went on, I think they opened the second half on a 14-4 run or 14-3 run, I want to say. And never looked back. They just they just dominated the game from that point on, locked down some defense. Even though Ricky Rubio had an absolutely, it was a record-setting night for Ricky Rubio. He scored 38 points on 13 of 20 shooting. He was remarkable. He couldn't be stopped, uh, which is the most points ever for Team Spain in an Olympic contest, and it's also the most points ever scored against Team USA in Olympic competition. Previously, it was Dirk. I think in like. 2004, I want to say, for Germany. Um, he had scored 34 in a game. But, yeah, Ricky Rubio was unstoppable last night. 13 of 20 from the field, 38 points, 9 of 13 inside the arc, 4 of 7 outside, 8 of 8 from the free throw line. However, only two assists for Ricky Rubio. Isn't it interesting? I, I saw a funny graphic on Twitter this morning um, as I was just kind of going through and looking at some things. And I can't remember who it was. It might have been Darren Ravel. He had posted that Ricky Rubio NBA 2K rating for Spain is a 99. NBA 2K rating for for the Orlando Magic is a 65, which is pretty accurate because in the NBA, look, we look, we we know here, uh, Phoenix Suns, and you know we got a real close look at him. Not a real impressive NBA player, but for some reason, when he puts that uh, Spanish jersey on, he goes off, and he had a hell of a game, but uh, wasn't enough. As Team USA wins 95-81, they move on to the semifinal round. Kevin Durant scored 29 points, had a huge third quarter. Scored 13 points in the third quarter alone. Kevin Durant cementing his place amongst the the greatest Olympic U.S. men's and Olympic players of all time as his scoring uh, numbers just continue to go up, and he was huge for Team USA yesterday. Now, I thought it was interesting that neither Gasol scored in the game for Spain. They didn't play a whole lot. Mark played actually more minutes than Powell. Uh, played 10 minutes. Powell played uh, six. Neither Gasol brothers scored in the game in what will likely be their very last contest in a Spanish jersey in the Olympics. So uh, so Team USA moves on. 
And, look, the, the road gets even more difficult from here because when you look at who is left in the, uh, in the competition, you had France who beat Italy last night. France is going to be a real problem. Uh, Nico Mannion had a rough game, to say the least. Nico has played well in these Olympics, and Italy has been a, a nice surprise for how well they've played. Uh, Nico last night, one of ten from the field, one of seven um, from inside the arc, 0 for 3 from 3, scored five points, did have uh, three assists, no turnovers, um, which is great uh, for Nico. And his plus-minus was actually pretty good considering how badly France was beating Italy. And uh, Italy did make a furious kind of comeback, a flurry uh, there near the end. Danilo uh, Gallinari had a, had a nice game, but uh, it wasn't enough as France holds off Italy to move on to the semifinals. Also in the semifinal action, Slovenia, um, a country with 2 million people, but one of them happens to be Luka Doncic, who had another huge game last night, nearly a triple-double as Slovenia now moves on. They will play in the semifinals, and a team that is looking really, really scary, which is Team Australia. Now, Australia absolutely just demolished Argentina last night. They beat them by 40. Uh, and I don't even know if the game was even that close. Like, they just crushed Argentina in their uh, in their game last night in the in the quarterfinal game 97 to 59 and Australia is going to be a problem and you look at their you look at their roster they're playing extremely well they've got some really really good players Patty Mills scored 18 last night he's without a team right now by the way in the NBA still looking for a team uh, Matisse Thibault has been fantastic for them I've always if if you've listened to my show prior you know prior to uh, the COVID shutdown you know how much of a Matisse Thibault fan I am Love his game, love his defense. I think he's a good enough offensive player to keep him in the game for a long, long time. Jock Lindell, the big man from St. Mary's, Matthew Delavadova, and, of course, our boy Josh Green, who scored six points in just four minutes last night, three for three from the field, and uh, had himself a nice game, a couple of rebounds. So Josh Green, a former Wildcat, also performing as Team Australia is going to move on, and that's the team that the U.S. is going to play on Thursday. This is going to be a tough task because Australia, can they can flat-out shoot. Um, they shoot a lot of threes. They're a volume three team. They, they, they attempted more threes than they attempted twos in the game last night against Argentina, and they play good defense. They, uh, they get out. They create a lot of steals. Uh, I think Matisse Neibel had five steals last night, which is incredible. So, look, they're going, to be, they're going to be a handful for Team USA, and if Team USA falls behind early to Australia – um, like they've fallen behind to pretty much every team they've played outside of Iran this uh, this Olympics, it could be trouble for Team USA. And as I mentioned, Slovenia going to be taking on France. That should be a good matchup as well. As now the U.S. men's team has positioned themselves for a medal, they just need to get past Australia to get into the gold final, and then we'll see what happens from there. If this men's team is able to capture gold, I think it'll be a, a pleasant surprise for a lot of us, especially considering how they played in preliminary action and how they played early on in Tokyo. But uh, once things got going, they played extremely well. Now, I mentioned Devin Booker had an off-night shooting, did, did not shoot the ball well. However, his nine points, he also had nine rebounds, dished out five assists, five assists, had three steals. He actually finished the night with the highest plus-minus in the game, which was a, a plus 22. It was the best on the team. Um, so when when Devin Booker was out there, they were making progress, and they were doing well. Uh, Kevin Durant, again, scored 29. Jason Tatum had a nice game. Uh, Drew Holiday played well. 
Dame Lillard uh, played pretty well also. So Team USA looking good. I mean, it's, it's, a, look, it's a small team. They're going to get out rebounded by every team they play, but they're also going to try to shoot, you know, shoot the lights out from three, which they did in the second half, and they're going to get you out in transition, which is always going to be dangerous, uh, especially against some of these bigger, older teams that they may see. So, again, they play Australia on Thursday, and we'll update you a little more also on that. Real quick, Simone Biles uh, did claim bronze on the balance beam overnight. She was able to execute a nearly flawless routine after eliminating uh, many of the high-difficulty moves from her routine. And I think she did what most people would do in a situation where they were overcome by mental or emotional obstacles. She went back to the basics. She went back to the basics. She focused on having excellence in execution, and that's what she did. She simplified her routine and went out there and made a nearly flawless performance in a less difficult routine, but nonetheless still ended up scoring a 14 out of 15 on the balance beam and taking home the bronze medal. She performed well. She had a big smile on her face. Her teammates were there for her, and I thought it was a good a good night and a good showing uh, for Simone Biles. So we're, we're happy for her. She gets her seventh Olympic gold medal, tying her with Shannon Miller for the most ever in women's gymnastic history. We'll take a timeout when we return. Took a look, take a look at some NFL news as we as we signed off yesterday. We were talking about Carson Wentz and we were expecting the MRI results to come back. And I literally set my headset down, and my phone went off, and there it was. Carson Wentz out five to twelve weeks. We'll talk about how that is going to affect the Indianapolis Colts and the rest of the league next. You're listening to the Jeff Dean Show here on ESPN Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. All right, let's do it. Let's give away some tickets. 520-719-1490 is the phone number, 719-1490. Caller number two going to get themselves a pair of tickets to go see FC Tucson take on North Texas this Saturday at Keno North. Game starts at 7 p.m. Gates are at 6 Call now, be caller number two, and uh, you could be the winner of those tickets to go see FC Tucson this Saturday, play a little soccer, a little football. Um, Different football, American football. Carson Wentz, before we posted yesterday, the the uh, I had mentioned, you know, we'll wait and see what the MRI says, and then literally 10 seconds after I put the headset down, it came across the wire that Carson Wentz was going to require surgery and he's going to be out 5 to 12 weeks. Uh, it's, a, it's a foot surgery. The bone fragment that was in his foot had broken. He, he had an undiagnosed broken foot back in high school, um, and when he turned to go on a rollout, uh, you know, on a rollout play in a, on, a, on a boot, um, it, it went out, and it dislodged on the rollout. It is his fifth metatarsal in his left foot, and he needs to get that and some ligament, uh, you know, sustained a little bit of ligament damage there. Now, Frank Reich said, knowing Carson, I'm optimistic. Really? Uh, that's what the coach kind of has to say. He can't just say, I'm I'm sick of, uh, you know, having quarterbacks that are nothing but injury prone. But that's what Carson Wentz is. Let's, let's call it like it is. This is a guy who has been nothing but injury prone his entire career. 2015, he fractures his wrist. 2016, he gets a rib fracture. 2017, he tears his ACL. Tears his LCL, tear, both grade three tears, misses the entire season, uh, you know, and it is able to, you know, was able to come to return in the middle of the next season. Okay, 2018, he had a vertebrae fracture, got a concussion in 2020, and now the the foot surgery. I mean, look, 
the guy just cannot stay healthy. And it's not like it's not like these are on you know big hits or he takes a you know takes a, a bad spill or, or you know takes a helmet to the front of the knee or something like that. He was rolling out in practice, like just practicing, wearing a red jersey, just doing a little 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 boot little bootleg there and uh, snapped his you know broke his foot in an in a injury apparently that had been lingering for years. Uh, but nonetheless, look, is this the guy that you want to give all your money to? And I know that a lot of there are people out there on both sides of the fence. Like, signing Nick Foles would be the stupidest thing ever. Huh? You know, just don't bring in Nick Foles. People keep hanging on to that 2017. Did you see what Nick Foles said yesterday? Nick Foles, who is currently the third-string quarterback in Chicago behind Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. Basically, you know, he, he talked with reporters yesterday. There's a lot of talk out there, blah, 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 blah. Foles had recently called Reich one of my favorite, if not my favorite, coach of all time. Said that Coach Reich knows me after working with him um, in the wake of Wentz's torn ACL in the 2017 season as Frank Reich was the QB's coach in Philly at the time. Foles said he's a much better version of himself than he was at that point. And then he said, I don't want to go to someone that I don't know. When you have a great coaching staff, you have something special. Big reason we were great in Philly was we had a great coaching staff. It put us in a position to succeed. But I don't want to just go somewhere where I don't know them or I don't know the offense. I've gone down that road before, and it's not fun. Basically, Nick Foles is saying, trade me to Indianapolis. We'll do great things under a coach that I love to play for. I say pull the trigger. If you're Indianapolis, you got to do it. You can't just wait on Carson Wentz to get hurt again next time. He'll be back in eight weeks and get hurt six weeks later. It's just ridiculous. So we'll continue to keep an eye on that saga as it it moves on down the road. Coming up in hour number two, Matt Moreno of Go AZ Cats is going to join us. Be listening for that. We'll talk all, all things Arizona basketball and football recruiting and a whole lot more. Come on back for another hour of the Jeff Dean Show here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. From the Casino del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. 1490 KFFN AM Tucson, KMXC HD4 Tucson.